All right, guys, welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am young Ari Gold, and this morning, I wanted to recap the weekend. Uh, nice little divisional round weekend for, in the NFL. Uh, tons of good football was played, which is, uh, which is great. I actually spent my entire weekend in uh, uh, classes to renew my real estate license. So from 8 to 5, Saturday and Sunday, I was in classes all day, um, but... Luckily, I had a TV in my office, so I got to watch all the games, which was great. Uh, then I also want to talk about where the head coaching search stands as of right now, what we can expect over the next, uh, I'd probably say, seven to ten days, uh, where, what Texans fans can uh, expect from a news perspective, and then some other things as well. And then I'd like to update my top head coaching candidate. Uh, and it's changed a little bit, kind of looking at things a little different and uh, having – looked at some information and things that uh, I've seen people provide and stuff like that. So wanted to go through that. I hope everybody had an amazing weekend. Uh, I hope all of you guys got to relax, enjoy the games, things of that nature. Uh, so let's hop into the weekend. So the weekend was what a great weekend of football uh, outside of the Eagles giants game. Uh, every other game was a, a really, really good game. Uh, and, you know, it was entertaining to say the least. Uh, so obviously, you know, with, with the Giants-Eagles game, Giants came out flat, came out, you know, looking like Daniel Jones was at quarterback, and uh, Jonathan Gannon did a good job on defense. Uh, Shane Steichen did an amazing job on offense. Uh, I mean, they just routed the the New York football Giants. Not really uh, – a lot of people are like, oh, you know, how, why would you interview Mike Kafka uh, after a performance like that? Why would you continue down that path? One game is not – enough of a sample size to say that this guy shouldn't be he's he's highly coveted around the league has been for a while uh was supposed to be the guy that replaces Eric Bieniemy as OC in in Kansas City uh and you know when you have Daniel Jones at quarterback and you have no weapons outside of Saquon Barkley it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to go up against the number one seed in the NFC and expect some results uh, Daniel Jones has looked great this year compared to what we've seen in the past. And I, I honestly don't even think it's uh, saying anything. Daniel Jones played bad, but against that Eagles defense, a, a lot of quarterbacks are going to play bad. And when you have no weapons on the outside, you have no tight end. Your only weapon is literally Saquon Barkley. You have a makeshift offensive line. You know, the Eagles were going to roll them. It's just the way it works. And I think Kafka, even though he didn't do a lot on offense on, on Saturday, I still think that this was, you still interview him. He's uh, there's no reason not to. And they did on Sunday, which is great. Uh, but I definitely wouldn't say, Hey, take him out of the candidate pool because of what happened Saturday. I don't think that makes much sense, but Eagles route the giants. Then you had the Bengals bills, which was a snow game. Uh, or no, that was yesterday. What was the AFC game? Oh, Chiefs and um, Chiefs and Jaguars, which actually was a really good game. Uh, Jaguars had an opportunity there. Mahomes was hurt. Uh, Mahomes definitely didn't look like himself, and the Jags just weren't able to do enough to to beat a one-legged Mahomes. Uh, that that was an amazing game. And then yesterday's games were great as well. The, the snow game and and since or in Buffalo with the Bengals versus the Bills, uh, Bengals just look like one of those teams in the AFC that are going to be here for a long time. And uh, Joe Burrow, you can't say enough about him. Obviously he has a ton of weapons, but at the end of the day, 
what the Bengals did on Sunday afternoon is it, honestly, it's, it's surprising to an extent. And, you know, the bills ever since Brian Dable left, Josh Allen has not been the Josh Allen that most people have come to, to, to see. I mean, we're, we're used to seeing Josh Allen make plays with his feet and his arm. And, you know, he's got such a great physically gifted arm. And since Dabble left, you know, he's making some of those same mistakes he made his rookie year. You know, one of the interceptions or fumbles uh, yesterday was there was another play his rookie year where he had something very similar where he shouldn't have thrown the ball, but he was trying to make a play. Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. It, it's also interesting to think that Sean McDermott is the only defensive minded head coach that was in the playoffs still and they get bounced. You know, that bills have an amazing team on both sides of the ball and to, to lose like that, you know, I think three years ago it was AFC uh, championship last year. It was conference championship this year. They lose in the divisional round um, or, or whatever it was. Um, they're definitely regressing. Um, and for those Texans fans that are interested in a defensive minded head coach, uh, something to definitely monitor. And then last night, watching the Cowboys lose, always a great way to end a Sunday night. Uh, Dak, honestly, I, I don't really understand the love for Dak. I think he's a good quarterback. I'd probably put him in the Kirk Cousins tier, uh, but not a great quarterback. And Mike McCarthy, you know, a good, you know, good coach, but not a great coach. And then last night, you got to see what a great coach can do with a seventh round, last pick in the seventh round quarterback. Uh, just able to make enough plays to to get like move on and and play the next week. So uh, interesting to see. D'Amico Ryan's had a great game against the the Cowboys offense. Uh, so definitely up. You know he's he's moving up the the rankings for a lot of Texans fans, and I, I would say he's probably the number one candidate for most Texans fans. On Friday, I, I did a video talking about ensuring that the Texans are interviewing or considering D'Amico Ryan's as uh, head coach for the right reasons, and the right reasons mean because he is the guy that they believe in, not because it's going to spark the fan base. And it seemed to uh, create some conversation around, you know, me thinking D'Amico isn't fit to be a head coach. That's not it at all. I, I do think D'Amico is ready to be a head coach. I think he'd be a great head coach. It was just more or less, I want to make sure that with what we've seen in the past from this fan base, that the decision is being made for football interest, not fan interest. And, you know, they have a, they have a lot of things they need to, you know, maneuver around given what's happened over the last three years. So to question the decision-making, it makes total sense based on everything else that we've seen. Uh, but I was saying, I wasn't saying that D'Amico isn't, shouldn't be a top candidate or wouldn't be a good candidate. It's just more or less that I wanted to make sure I was just stating that I hope that the Texans are considering him because he is the right guy. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much where we were at with the divisional round this weekend now with the Texans had coaching search and kind of where things stand. So all of their first round interviews were done. Kafka was interviewed on Sunday. Uh, D'Amico Ryans was interviewed on Friday. Uh, sounds like it was a pretty long interview via zoom uh, for D'Amico Ryans and Cal McNair and Nick Casario. So, you know, great things, lots of positives came out of that interview from everything that I've seen and read. Uh, you know, he was, he was, it was said that he was not interested in the job. Uh, now he's, you know, seems to be the odds on favorite to, to be the next head coach of the Houston Texans. I don't know if I'd put it that far yet, uh, but it, it's, it's good that they spent the amount of time that they did on Friday to figure out where they were going to go. And, 
and get a good feeling for D'Amico and his coaching philosophy is they know him as a player. They don't know him as a coach. And uh, it, it was good to see. So where we're at now, I, I believe that because all of the candidates outside of Mike Kafka, Jonathan Gannon, Shane Steichen, and D'Amico Ryans are all in the playoffs still. They cannot ha- uh, have their second interview until after January 30th. So today's the 25th. So it looks like Friday we might be able to see at least requests or see that second interviews are scheduled, uh, but second interviews cannot happen uh, Monday through Friday this week. So expect to see some news uh, coming out over the next couple of days. Uh, probably some candidates that maybe the Texans are going to move off from. Uh, and we'll probably get some information on the Sean Payton stuff. I, I still think Sean Payton is a dark horse. I, I don't think he's somebody that uh, the Texans are honestly considering. I could be completely wrong, but I think the, the draft capital is a bit risky for Nick Casario and Cal McNair, given the depleted roster that they have to fill uh, over the offseason. So I don't expect Sean Payton, maybe he'll get a second interview, but I don't see it. I think the, the candidates in order right now, the way that it seems is probably D'Amico, Gannon, Steichen, Kafka, if I had to rank them in where I believe the Texans would have them. And we'll find out later this week when second interviews are announced, uh, kind of where, where things stand. But don't expect to have any, any decisions over the next you know, five to seven days. Probably will be after the conference round when we have an understanding on when, uh, who the next head coach of the Houston Texans is. Uh, so this week will be a lot more speculation. There'll be a lot more smoke around certain candidates and you know, whoever their agents are leaking whatever information they can to local reporters and things that, of that nature. But uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how this week goes. I uh, want to switch to kind of where my head coaching candidate, like the top candidate, is now. Ben Johnson was the top candidate. Not, a lot of people are like, one-year offense coordinator, you know. Yeah, but to watch what he did with the offense and what he did with Jared Goff, uh, that offense was moving the ball. They looked extremely good this year. So Ben Johnson was was definitely the top candidate. I've stated before, I want an offensive-minded head coach. I think that that is the way the league is moving you can find really good defensive coordinators and, and give them the empower them as defensive coordinators to really just run the defense and let the offensive minded head coach and the OC really get things moving on offense. I, I do think like if we look at the NFL and where things are at and the teams that are even in it now, offense is what is moving the NFL. It's what's keeping these top ranked teams in the, the conference round and, and continuing to move throughout the playoffs. And it just makes sense. I mean, it, it, it's, it's what we've seen. We've seen, this shift from, I think, early 2000s defense really was was how you won in the NFL. You know, then 2010 and on, it's really been an offensive-driven league. I still believe that offense is king when it comes to the NFL. We could probably see a shift again in the next couple of years. You know, who knows? But there's no reason to believe that offense shouldn't be the main priority for any team. And uh, I, I would like to go offense. But I say that to say this. I I do think D'Amico Ryans would be the best head coaching candidate. And a lot of it is because for those that don't follow Harley Dugan on Twitter, he does an amazing job putting out head, like uh, the head coaching candidates coaching staff and who they could potentially be. And D'Amico has so many ties with so many offensive guys, given his time in San Francisco. It's really interesting to see who he could potentially bring here on his staff. And I mean, there's just so many talented offensive guys that he could potentially lure over here that that really puts him at the top 
of the leaderboard for me because one, he's been in San Francisco since 2017. He's seen how important offense is and he's seen how that offense is ran. He, he understands that he's not going to have a Kyle Shanahan, but that doesn't mean that he can't take some things from Kyle Shanahan and take coaches from Kyle Shanahan to implement something very similar here in Houston. And I think with D'Amico's ties to other coaches, he would definitely be the, the top coaching candidate. I think on top of what he can bring from an offensive staff perspective, also just who he is as a leader. Uh, I, I forgot who put out the article over the weekend, but they really kind of chronicalized D'Amico's life uh, prior to becoming to Houston as a, as a, a middle linebacker drafted in, I think it was 2007 or something like that to where he's at now uh, and his philosophy, who he is as a man, uh, you know, how he motivates and develops players. There's just so many different pieces to this D'Amico Ryan storyline that it's really hard not to believe that this would be the top candidate and, and potentially the best candidate for the Houston Texans job. I love D'Amico. Like I've stated, he's a top five Texan all time. My favorite middle linebacker for sure uh, on the field. And, you know, take away the homecoming aspect just from a coaching perspective, take away playing for the Texans from a coaching perspective alone. I do think D'Amico Ryans is the top candidate for this job. And I'd be thrilled to see that D'Amico Ryans is hired by Cal McNair, Hannah McNair and, and Nick Asirio uh, sometime next week. So interesting to, to see that they had such a great conversation. I'm sure there were some tough questions asked and, you know, I would assume that they, that, Cal, Hannah, and Nick navigated those pretty well to be able to potentially get to a second round interview. I really hope so. Uh, it, it would be great. You know, people said he wasn't interested. I'm glad to know he is. Uh, but D'Amico Ryan's would be the top candidate for me. He looks like he is, and he looks like he is the top candidate as of right now. So amazing weekend, lots of news coming. This week's going to be a busy week. We should start to get a lot more information Excited where the Texans are right now, and uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be something worth watching for sure. So, uh, with that being said, I uh, don't really have anything else to cover today. I'll get to some comments here real quick. Uh, Demetrius Ryan seems like the one. Yeah, I mean it does. I went four 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 this weekend. Nice, yeah, that's great. I hope you were betting. My problem with hiring DC for head coach as soon as the offense clicks with the defensive minded head coach. You lose the OC within a year and it can be hard to replace. McDermott clearly got out coached last night and Allen has regressed without Dabble. That's very true. We've seen, we've seen a lot, a lot of things change with that. Uh, Toros is Josh Allen is a fraud. Uh, Mark, do you think Rich Gannon is the favorite due to the front office wanting him last year? Oh, Jonathan Gannon. Okay. My bad. My bad. Yeah. Jonathan Gannon. Uh, you know, I, I think it would maybe, maybe he's, uh, with Nick, I don't know if he is in the building. And, and one thing that we've learned is this is going to be a collaborative process and this is going to be a little bit different than what we've seen in the past. So uh, I would say probably Jonathan Gannon is the number one candidate for Nick Casario. I'm not sure Jonathan Gannon is the number one candidate for everybody in NRG. Uh, so possibly. It seems like most people do prefer to make Aranzo. Um, morning, Niners look nice. Miko sounds like. Stop, he's training up. Well, yeah, no, I, I do believe D'Amico is. Uh, you know, that Dallas Cowboys offense isn't just some regular offense. Uh, they, they were, I think, number one ranked red zone offense. Uh, I think they were a top ten offense in the league. Uh, losing Pollard, you know, who knows. But 
Um, yeah, uh, I think D'Amico's stock is trending up, and we're definitely at a point where this week will be very telling. We should have a good understanding of where the Texans are going uh, as second-round interviews are announced, and uh, we're getting closer and closer to finishing this out because once this is uh, once this is announced and we know who the head coach is, then we can start to get into draft and free agency because we can understand you know schemes and uh, have an understanding of who the coaching staff is to be able to uh, know from a scheme perspective what players would fit better and, and where the Texans will be going uh, in the future. So, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely trending that way, and I'm excited to see that we're getting close to the finish here. Uh, all right. Well, with that being said, it's Monday. Obviously, everybody's got to get to work. I appreciate you guys. Uh, do you think the reason why Gannon hasn't gotten any other interviews this cycle is because teams think he's a sure bet for head coach for the Texans? Um, no, probably not. Uh, you know, if a, if a better team with a better opportunity wanted to interview Gannon and, and hire Gannon, I would assume uh, they would do so. I don't think Gannon would care. He'd probably want to – if you're a head coach, you want to go to the best possible position you can to succeed. So I don't see that being the, the situation. To Nick Gannon would be more of a collaborative effort. D'Amico would want more control. I don't know, maybe. D'Amico's also a first-time head coach. So, you know, he might lean on Casario and his experience in New England to see – uh, what you know, what they could do together, but I don't expect that to be the case. I expect moving forward, honestly, there to be a full collaborative approach from everything that we're seeing out of energy uh, and anything from the roster to upper management to uh, schemes and coaches. I, I, I think this is really going to be a much different process. Uh, from what I heard as a player, Ryan's was great at understanding offense, so maybe he knows how to coach both sides really well. Yeah, he, he probably has a really good understanding from an offensive philosophy standpoint. Definitely not the guy you want, like, calling your offense or – or being a huge part of implementing your offense, but he understands it enough to where he hires the right OC, empowers him to implement the offense, and then comes back around, maybe see some things, tweaks some things in the, in the game plan, and then kind of goes from there. So uh, I definitely don't want Tomiko running the offense or over, overseeing the offense to an extent. Um, all right, Monday morning, everybody's got to get to the grind. I appreciate you guys. Uh, no, if D'Amico gets the job, is Hamilton still the OC? I can't see a situation where that would be the case. I can't see Pep Hamilton here after what we saw from his offenses last year. Um, that, I guess time will tell, but I don't see why that would be the situation, but who knows. Um, all right. I hope all of you guys have a great week. I'll see you guys uh, either tomorrow morning or Wednesday. depends on what's got what I got going on. But uh, with that being said, I'm Young Ari Gold signing off for Texans Unfiltered. I'll catch you guys next week.